Welcome to Lifelong Learning on ReachMD, where we explore the ways in which clinicians learn and how it impacts the practice of medicine and what it means to their patient outcomes. I'm your host, Alicia Sutton, and with me today is Dr. Annette Mallory-Donawa. She's Assistant Dean and Director at the Office of Continuing Medical Education at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine in Baltimore. Welcome, Annette. We're glad to have you here today. Thank you, Alicia. Great. So let's start with a topic that you are obviously quite familiar with and allow you to teach us something since this is about learning. Constructivism. Can you tell us what that is about? What does it mean in education? Sure. So I discovered the theory of constructivism during my research for my dissertation for my PhD work. And constructivism is really a, it seems like a simple learning theory. What happens is when you have learners in a learning environment, what they do is they take their prior knowledge and they merge it with the new concepts and new information that's being learned. And so with the prior knowledge and the new knowledge, they actually construct this new understanding, this new meaning for themselves. So it's layering on information on something that they know, even just marginally know, and continue to add for it. That's correct. And what helps reinforce the learner's constructivist experience is that they are using all of their senses, and they are really digging deep to try to understand the materials and the concepts. And so they'll ask questions, they'll do some reflection, and they really dig deep, as I mentioned, to understand how does this this new knowledge compared to what I already know, and then how am I going to use this new knowledge and apply it in in an environment or learning situation, and how can I apply it in life? You talk about their senses, so there's kind of this cone, isn't there, around education and how people learn and where they remember the most. Can you explain that to us? So many professionals will attend conferences, and we sit there and we listen to lecture after lecture. So research shows that after two weeks of a learning experience, learners will remember 10% of what they see, 20% of what they hear, 30% of those two senses combined, it's not until they actually start having conversations, debates, they participate in some way in that learning experience, and that's when the active learning takes place, and then you have a higher percentage of retention for the learner. That's interesting. Do you think clinicians know this? I mean, inherently, they're, they're smart people. They understand education and often are educators themselves. But do they understand that or do they understand about how they themselves learn best? I think most clinicians are probably not focused on how they learn. I think in medical school, uh, the environment is so competitive. Um, But I think it is advantageous to people, especially clinicians, if they really focus on how they learn. And there's another term in education we call metacognition. And that is, I am thinking about how I learn. I'm paying attention to how I learn because once you understand how you receive information and the best way you receive information, the better chances you have to retain that information and to put it to some good use. Interesting. So how is this working in practice? Tell us what's going on at Hopkins and your programs there. 
Sure. So we have this wonderful program as a Chinese healthcare executive program. Uh, we have held this program for four times so far over the past three years. And so we bring a group of uh, Chinese healthcare executives, mostly presidents of hospitals. Uh, some are clinicians. We bring them to Hopkins to participate in a week-long um, educational activity. And during the day, uh, during the morning sessions, they have lectures. And then in the afternoon, their tours. But what's different about this program, Alicia, is that we break them down into small groups in the afternoon, and they have this um, this active learning action plan that they have to complete. And if you'll just give me a second, I'll just summarize what please, that is. Please do. Uh, so what we ask them to do is to indicate what concepts did they learn. So they are having these conversations. And again, they are talking in Chinese. So it's very interesting if you're an observer in the room to hear a lot of Chinese being spoken at the same time. And some of them are very passionate about their topics. And then we ask them, how can I apply what I learned to make changes in my hospital, in my department? These Chinese physicians are coming to Hopkins to hear from the best faculty members we have to talk about patient safety, quality care, you know, how does that impact the community in terms of being caregivers? Um, and then we ask them outcomes questions. So if you take what you've learned and you figure out how can you apply it in your hospital, well, what would that what kind of impact would that have on the individual and the team in your hospital? Uh, what about the organization itself? And then moving out to the patient and the community sectors, how will these changes impact your community and your patients? That's interesting. So you mentioned there's the individual team, there's the organization, there's the patient, and then there's the community. Is it easier for people to think in that big, global, connected way, or is it easier for them to say, you know what, I'm just going to take care of the patient, let somebody else worry about the community out there? How does it work? So I agree with your your idea or your comment that it is easier to just focus on the individual level. But what most of us don't realize is that we make decisions every day. And especially clinicians, the decisions that they make for one patient may affect other patients down the road. And so we at Hopkins, we are trying to get people to understand medical community physicians. We're trying to get them to understand that you truly can have an impact at a larger level, at the patient level, at the community level, and even with families. We're doing research to understand how families can improve the quality of care. We have in our hospital at Hopkins, we have visitation for 24 hours because we know that in order for patients to get better, guess what? They really need to be around people who truly care about them and love them. So what what are these tools? Are they sort of a root cause analysis of a problem that somebody raised? Hey, let's take this one apart. Or what about the tool that's helping them? I think for the, the Chinese physicians, what's helping them is getting them to think beyond their current practices. I'll give you an example. In China, they don't have what they call the primary care physician level. When someone gets sick, they go right to the hospital. And so there isn't that intermediary care, level of care, where, you know, where the patients can probably get better care, individualized care. And so in China, they have hospitals with 5,000 beds, 10,000 beds. And um, and I have not been to China yet. I have been invited to go to China. But if you imagine those hospitals with, with large beds, 
clearly the hospitals may not be as sanitary. You probably have other issues. And so for us at Hopkins, we're really trying to broaden their perspective and get them to focus on better care and better outcomes. This is Lifelong Learning on ReachMD. And We are speaking to Dr. Annette Mallory-Donawa. She's the Assistant Dean and Director of the Office of Continuing Education at Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine in Baltimore. So on on the topic of uh, China and its very interesting ways of managing its uh, medicine, obviously, are you seeing some outcomes yet from from the program? We are not seeing the outcomes that we want to see yet, and I'll tell you why. Because this program is fairly new, and our goal is to measure long-term outcomes. But I can tell you about some of the con- the comments that some of the participants have made on their surveys, and that is, is that the quality improvement concepts are fairly new. Patient care, family-centered care concepts are fairly new to them. I think that they're beginning to understand, um, as we mentioned earlier, that those individual decisions that are made on a daily basis, how that can have a broader impact on the community and on patients. So I've been invited to China, as I mentioned earlier. My goal is to hopefully go in 2018, 2019. Uh, But we hope to gather some more um, outcomes data. But we do have those survey comments where, you know, all 100% of the participants have been very pleased with the program. We have had about 75 physicians and healthcare administrators come through the program. And so when they leave us at the end of that five-week period, I can tell you that they're excited, they're passionate, they're motivated and inspired to go back and do a better job at taking care of their patients. So we're a little early in the game talking with you today because you don't have those outcomes yet. You'll definitely come back and let us know. But what what do you hope to see? I mean, knowing that environment, which is clearly so different from the U.S. healthcare system here in terms of primary care being, being quite prevalent, what do you hope to see on those outcomes? I can tell you that um, one concept that we as an institution we hope to see is that that they create a better medical student um, concept. And I was told that maybe 40, 50 years ago, the U.S. medical schools was right there with the China medical schools are. And so our goal definitely is to see um, better medical schools focusing on quality improvement, patient care. And it would be nice if they could include that layer of primary care physicians. Um, There's a huge difference with insurance, the types of insurance that we have here opposed to the types of insurances they have there. Um, But I would say we're looking for systems-based improvement overall within their schools, their medical schools and their hospitals. You're clearly passionate about it. What, What got you to this point in your career that you were focusing this way? That's interesting because I started out as a video producer and I Welcome got to, to the studio. <laughs> Stick I, around for a while. I got to travel all over the country going into schools, videotaping students and teachers, focusing on reorganization of their um, of the educational system. I had a chance to meet Howard Gardner, who is the father of multiple intelligences and other um, well-known educators. And so I've always been passionate about education. And so my work in critical thinking with my dissertation, again, led me to that constructivist approach in terms of really designing and building education. I have a master's degree in instructional design, so I feel like I can design any course, (laughs) any activity, of course. 
Um, so I'm here at Hopkins. I've been here for about five years. And uh, just a little plug, Hopkins is a wonderful place to be. We have the largest continuing medical education office in the country. We have about 40 employees, and that's quite large. That's for, quite large. Yes, for a CME office. And so we are, I feel like we're blessed to be there. I'm blessed to be there. Yeah, that's terrific. Um, is this starting or is this firmly infused into other education that Hopkins does now, this this approach? That's the idea. That's the goal. We are trying to infuse um, this learning theory and the active learning versus passive learning into our educational activities. So, yes, we do have more um, small group discussions, more active learning um, experiences for our participants. But that is the goal. So thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate the information you've provided and definitely come back and give us more outcomes updates as they come in. Thank you, Alicia. This is Lifelong Learning from ReachMD, and we're recording in the studios of ReachMD in Fort Washington, Pennsylvania. You can find all our content on ReachMD.com or download our mobile app for more information. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon.